What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This podcast. This week, Zach's harnessing the power of the cosmos, and Sean's in a freaky sex cult because we're watching The Void. That's so cool. I'm just going to go to sleep, okay? What's up, guys? I'm Sean. I'm Zach. And welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This podcast. This week, we're watching 2016's The Void. It is a sci-fi horror mystery film. Ooh. It was not rated. That doesn't the, mean bring the kids. They couldn't rate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that usually means, actually, don't bring the kids. Don't let children see this. At all. Ever. This movie runs an hour and 30 minutes. It was directed by Jeremy... Uh, I'm going to probably get this wrong. Jeremy Gillespie... Oh, yeah, and, or Gillespie. Right, and uh, Stephen Kostansky. Now, they both have worked on a lot of stuff together. I wanted to point out that Jeremy Gillespie also worked on Chow Boys and American Folktale, which is a nine-minute short. Uh, Stephen Kostansky worked on Biocop, which is a five-minute short, which we watched <laughs> before the movie, and we'll we, talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we did watch it. He also made Manborg, which I believe is another short, <laughs> and he uh, he made Leprechaun Returns, the 2018 movie. Oh. They both wrote this movie together. Um, this movie has an IMDb rating of 5.8. The budget was not listed, but this movie made $149,000 pretty much in the box office. Next to nothing. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, does uh, limited, it really have a box release. office? Uh, limited release. Because it came out in, on Netflix. Was it a Netflix exclusive? I think so. Which that means that it was during the time that Netflix was doing limited release theater stuff. So it would have been limited to like See, I didn't Hollywood. Know, I didn't know they'd do that. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. But but I mean, still, this movie did not make very much money. I no. guess I would need to know how many theaters it was in to really be able to gauge that. Yeah, I'm not surprised though. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not either. It, it's kind of a niche movie. Yeah, uh, which we'll kind of get into that too because I think it personally falls along the lines of uh, some of the things that I look for in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so before we watched the movie, we actually watched his, uh, Stephen Kostansky's short Biocop, which is a five minute short. What did you think of Biocop, Zach? <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, I, at first I was like, oh man, what is this? But they lay into what it is. Right. And so like, you know, off the bat, like it's supposed to be bad, but I mean, it, it was all right. It was a funny concept. It, it reminded me of like how we come up with stupid shit. And obviously they did that and then just like, like went with it. Really and leaned into it. Right. Because the, I mean, the scenes of the cop, like uh, spoiler alert here, guys, but the scenes of the cop when he's like melting and stuff, but then being like, kill me. Yeah. Like that's something we would he, write as a yeah, joke. You exactly. Know? Um, yeah. I, you know, these guys obviously, um, they, they kind of know what they're doing. I'm going to say that off the bat because one of the things that instead of throughout the episode bringing this up, I'm just going to say it up front. The practical effects in this movie and the way that they are filmed is perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, I think that's what kind of um, well, I don't want to, like, give away my rating, but like, I think that's kind of what uh, they filmed this really well and edited it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of one of its strong points other than the practical effects. Absolutely. So real quick, the movie is about uh, when a rural hospital is under siege against a cult, horrific things begin to happen to the occupants and tensions run high amongst the group. Yeah. Yep. Damn cult leaders. Man, and and I want to say, the way that the the cultists are portrayed in this, I love. 
Yeah. Because it's so simple, but it is, like, scary. And it looks good. Yeah. Um, This movie leans very much so into the fact that triangles are scary. Yeah. Yeah, be afraid of triangles. Uh, Yeah. uh, You know, I don't know what it is with the trend of triangles. And and I'm not saying I haven't leaned into it myself at times. I... Uh, in a weird way, the triangle is my f- favorite shape. I'm it's always attracted to triangular shapes and things like that. It's I always have been. This movie opens with like tension immediately. We see the um, it's like the young guy and his is it his mother that it's supposed to be or some woman? <sighs> see, it wasn't really clear on that because it was there was the guy who looks like he was shooting up, and then uh, that the cop like brings in. Right. And then, yeah, some women. Um, and it, I think they were, that's what they were talking about when they were talking about like bodies in a basement or something. It was, it, it was, was kind of unclear. House. So, okay, so then I think what it is is the woman in the beginning would have been a cultist along with the junkie guy. Yeah. Who was like a, like a hesitant cultist or like didn't want to be. Yeah, it seemed like he was resisting. Yeah, it seemed like he was being forced to, but like wasn't into it. Yeah, so the woman gets shot in the back, the the junkie guy runs away. She doesn't die right away, and they fucking set her on fire. Yeah. Dude. But what seemed kind of unrealistic to me, and I wish they would have done a little bit more, and they could have done it with audio, is that it didn't seem like she should have died right away from being lit on fire. Sure. Sure. Um, Some, Some, like, more agonizing screaming would have been, like, doable for me. You just need that little bit of... Just a little more. Just a little more. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. But I will say this movie makes up for it at some points with the audio. And, and we'll get into yeah. it because there's some stuff they do that is truly disturbing in this yeah. movie. We start to see this uh, this cult. Well, we see one member right before the credits really start. Mm-hmm. And these credits, they get some beautiful establishing shots of this like town. And it sets the mood. Yeah, and then you get hit with like a pretty awesome title card that... like. Yeah, that's like the whole mood of the movie, and then the movie kind of kicks back in. Totally, and and we get these sort of visions of like a cosmic sort of it's it's space essentially, but it looks like almost this fabricated cosmic fantasy image. Yes, and we sort of get that throughout the movie um, from the sheriff because he has these sort of hallucinations or dreams, sort of. Um, Ooh, dreams. Do you dream? <laughs> do you dream? Uh, the score for this movie is also really great. Yeah, it's tense. Um, and I, yeah, I the music was good. There are times when I was like, is it just like too loud for this TV right now? Or is that what the music's supposed to be? It was hard to kind of tell. Sure, sure. But I kind of got a vibe of maybe a bit of both. Especially this opening music over the credits, I think was perfect. Uh, that was kind of more the one I was thinking too. There were times when you almost don't even think about the music because yeah. of how much is going on. Yeah. And I think that that maybe. Actually, to the benefit of the music, saying that it did its job because it didn't. I mean, you weren't like, "Ew, this doesn't fit." It wasn't the focus, right? Yeah. So yeah, we get uh, we get introduced to our sheriff uh, Daniel, and he's sort of taking a nap in his car, and he gets woken up by uh, the dispatch. Yep. And then sees our junkie crawling out of the woods, and he picks him up, and he sort of like is just freaking out in the car or faints. Well, he's bleeding. Oh, sure, right. Um, and so. Yeah, he's kind of – the guy's in a lot of pain, and he's like, what's the closest hospital I should get him to? And it turns out it's this burned one, burned down one, but it's also – it was weird how it was, like, burned down, but it wasn't. Like, Yeah. Like, like, the parts where you had to be wasn't burned down. It was, like, the sub-basement thing, which one of the em- technically employees didn't even know about, I guess. But it also wasn't really there. That's the other thing is I think some of it was sort of – I mean we're going to get into this in a little bit. But I think some of it was sort of um, 
coming into existence as they were there. And so the fire thing, they don't really explain how that works. But yeah, I think it was some sort of weird basement fire. Right. And, but the thing is that like when the kid with, uh, spoilers, uh, we kind of said spoilers already, but that was also in regards to something else, but spoilers, I mean, you know, this kid comes out of these like closing walls and then all of a sudden it's just, you know, like he's back. That's true. That's true. And that's what I mean. Is that like, well, there's, I have a cool idea on what would have made that better is if when he returns, the hospital was like. Like burned had been everywhere. burned down, right? Yeah, sure, like, which is what I was kind of expecting. That Silent Hill vibe, but yeah, um, we but we don't get that. And so the sheriff uh, will notice right away. He calls dispatch and ha- and he asks them to call the hospital ahead for him. Yeah, uh, make sure they have like a stretcher and stuff ready to go. Right. Well, he gets there and they are like, "We had no idea that you were coming." Yeah, which is like immediately like, "Oh, okay. Well, something's going on." Now they do some reoccurring stuff with the dispatch and and pretty much the outward signal because of mm-hmm. everything that's going on, and some of it kind of doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, like what the older sheriff that shows up later, he says that he got the call to go there, but I'm like, "Well, how?" Because nobody's dispatches were working. But he could have still been dispatched to go there via other radio dispatches. and I suppose. He was also... He was a state trooper. Right, and he just came from the crime the where the woman was burned. Because he talks about finding all the bodies in the basement. That's right. That's where yeah. that ties in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he said he was coming for that other guy. Right. So we get to the hospital. We start to meet some of the people that are um, sort of just there. And uh, we get to see Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, because it's a it's a free use property, yeah. so it's gonna pop up. We get one of my favorite quotes ever because it's in a lot of people just say this shit, but statistically, you're more likely to die in a hospital than anywhere else. Yeah. I hate when people say that. Of course, because yeah. you go there after an accident or when you're old or yeah, you know. it's kind of like water's wet. Great. Yeah. Observation. So one of the people that's uh, sort of there, just one of the occupants, is a pregnant teen, essentially. Yeah, she's there with her grandfather. Which, I guess, I don't know. I I kind of was, it, it you felt had like they were going to go something into something, but they didn't do it. And I, I'm glad they didn't, to be fair. But I just felt like it was kind of building a weird dynamic between the two. And, I, and essentially, you can see why by the end. I honestly think it was because I, I honestly think the guy that played the grandfather is just kind of a terrible actor. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that by the time he passes, uh, spoilers. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's more important how he dies. Yeah, I would say that about everybody in this movie. If I said everybody dies, it's more important how it happens than the fact that it happens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So my immediate thoughts when I see a pregnant person in a horror movie is some bad shit's gonna happen with the baby. Yeah, usually. You know, and they immediately start kind of telling you that she's having these pains. And that comes back throughout the movie. Yeah. We find out that Daniel, uh, the sheriff, and one of the doctors there are married. But it, from the vibe we get in the conversation, they're maybe split up. Uh, which, it ties back into the story. It's very important. But we also get something that happens right there that's so annoying. And it's when the older doctor shows up. Oh, because he's like, am I interrupting? Yeah, am I interrupting anything? I know, you it's laughed, like, and I was like... Because I was like, duh, dude, they're clearly having a moment. <laughs> like, come on. Which, whatever, I'm watching Well, he's also a doctor, and like, well, there's a sense of urgency with some things. And based it, on the rest of this movie, I, I buy it. I buy his character doing that yeah, entirely. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Uh, cool. Yeah, so there's that. The, the We find this other lady doctor, uh, Beth. Beverly? Beth, Beverly. Bev. Um, Bev. She kills someone with a knife. Yeah, with a surgical uh, knife. The kid that I was quoting, actually, which is also who uh, was watching. The intern, Kim, is the one who said that line about dying in a hospital, too. Right, she said it to him. And he yeah. he's the one watching Return of the Living Dead. Or Night of the Living Dead, rather. Yeah. And uh, uh, she, like, cuts his eyes out. Yeah, it's brutal. She, like, but gouges his eyes out. You don't see it, but you see him after the fact. We also see that she's, like, cut herself up. Yeah. And it looks like her face is gone. Or they're kind of... Maybe there's just blood it's, all over her face. Yeah, it's hard, it's to, hard say. to tell because it just looks like blood all over her face. But I think the idea is that she's trying to cut her face off. And yeah, because I mean, cause, especially with what happens a little bit later. Yeah, and she says, "This isn't my face." Yeah, which that was creepy. Like that kind of stuff, like freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. The, like the psychological aspect freaks me out. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so she gets shot by Daniel because she comes at him with it's scissors. He says, "Yeah," and. Uh, you think like, wow, this is like getting weird, but she's not really gone yet. Yeah. Oh man, it gets worse. <sighs> it's interesting. So the sheriff then kind of like has a breakdown after he kills her, though. And I am with that. Like he goes in the bathroom and throws up, and then like faints. And and I was like, man, that's so like real for somebody because the way his character is played, it's almost like he kind of doesn't get a lot of action as a cop. He's sort of a small yeah. town sheriff, and he just had to turn and turn his gun on someone he knows. Yeah, absolutely. No, I that's how I felt about it too. Was like he had to shoot somebody he knows personally because they were like going to harm him. Like, and, and, and also the ex- whole experience and everything that he just yeah, went through. It's you know, really freaky. And um, he kind of wakes back up after having some of these hallucinations we've talked about. And when he comes to, we find out the older sheriff is there. That's when the older sheriff appears because I wasn't he actually there for. I, I think maybe the kid. Oh, right. That's what it was. They because he in. was tied to, they thought he was tied to the house, which he, I mean, he is. Uh, no, the kid with the uh, eyes gouged out. Oh, really? I think so. I'm not sure. Cause that's why he was like, how'd you get here so fast? Well, he said that he was, oh, that's interesting, but he said he was at the house. He came from the crime scene. Okay. never mind then. It um, must've been that. I mean, look, it's not that big of a deal. His character isn't in the movie for more than like 10 minutes, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but we meet this guy. I immediately kind of got the feeling that he was a little sussy, but yeah. he it doesn't go that route. Yeah, they kind of do the red herring thing with him. Uh, this movie does that a lot. Kind of like throws all these ideas like like makes you kind of guess what's going to happen and then it kind of doesn't fold on any of those. Well, sure cuz they immediately start kind of sort of blaming this like junkie cat, the junkie guy from the beginning who's yeah. at the hospital and then and he has to explain that no, it's not me, <laughs> which gets interrupted pretty much immediately when the father and son show up, who essentially killed the woman in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. They don't tell you a ton about their character's backstory, but to me, it kind of makes it more interesting cuz I'm going like, "Oh, what did these guys go through that has made them this way?" And you get a glimpse, but I don't think it's enough. Yeah, I and like I get wanting that hunger, but I wish they would at least like satisfy you with something a little more solid. Exactly. I just wanted like, a little more. They did kind of go there with that scene where it seems like they were back in their house. Yeah, and I want to talk about that scene when we get there because yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting the way that plays out. We get a ton of the cultists coming back, yeah. uh, basically showing up at the hospital. They're just outside and they're dude, not trying to get in. There's a ton of them. Yeah. So it sort of feels like a siege movie because they – I mean, it is because the whole hospital is under siege by these people, but 
the real evil is actually inside the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of it's terrifying. more like they're lured to it because yeah, it's, it, I think some sort of signal is being boosted from it. That's part of it. Sure, because the guy mentions you can hear the uh, the horns for miles. Yeah, and you do get a little bit of noise when we see them outside. We get sort of a weird sound. I yeah, and I guess I thought it was just a music cue. Kind of did too. I kind of did too. Didn't really think it was like part of the. I think maybe the first time I got it, but this time it was a little different um, hearing some of the stuff. So, and, and, and it's I'm been gonna, a while since I've seen this too. Probably like since it came out. See, it's been probably like eight months to a year since I've seen it, and oh, so okay. I almost forgot like most of the actual story. Yeah, see, I I remembered a lot of bits, but I didn't remember, um, like the whole intro. <laughs> yeah, same, pretty much same. This movie leans into something that um. Hereditary also sort of leaned into near the end of the film and it's masses of people just showing up and being like around you that you don't know. And it's terrifying. They do it with the cultists in this. And I mean, I don't think I'm going to lean too much into talking about hereditary right now because we're talking about covering it in the future. Yeah. But it is something that hereditary also leans into and that freaks me the fuck out. And it's more effective in hereditary, I will say. Oh, absolutely. But way different story for it, though. Totally, totally. Uh, and this is where we kind of get the introduction to the Bev, Bev, beast, Bev beast because she takes the older Beauty. sheriff. She just takes him. Yeah. And this scene was kind of poorly executed. And I think because uh, like when you when you get to see her. Oh, we kind of skipped on that a little bit. Oh, yeah. We should. The get first time you first. actually see her is when the guy is cuffed it's, to his bed in his room because the, the sheriff cuffed him. Isn't it before the father and son show up? Yeah, it's like right before. Right. Okay. So yeah, we'll talk about that really quick because that's an interesting ass scene. Because yeah, the junkie is like he's uh, chained or not chained, but cuffed to his his gurney or his, his bed. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like flipped over, so you can't really see what's on the other side of it. But then you start seeing like tendrils. Right. And Which this yeah. plays on like one of my favorite types of like cosmic horror uh, aspects, like the thing. Yeah. This exactly. Movie, this movie is undoubtedly inspired and influenced by that movie. All all, all all the movies that you see inspiration from right now, it's definitely the thing. I want to say Silent Hill slash like Resident Evil. Absolutely, Cobra. No, I'm just I'm totally um, just But yeah, it it just had the those kind of vibes. Um, yeah, no, and I'm with that being said, this movie does a lot of things very effectively. Uh huh. I don't think it nails isolation quite right. Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean, and I want to agree. And as, and I guess a better way of explaining that is it doesn't feel claustrophobic enough considering the situation. Yeah. No, well, and I think it's because this hospital is actually pretty big. And that's I think a, I but think that plays a big part. You don't in it see for me. a lot of it, right? Uh, I you think don't that get plays the scale a big part of, of how it big it is. Really, the Bev Beast does come back. She gets the sheriff, and they kind of go after her in a sense. Which I gotta say. The cut for that, you can tell, like, they didn't really want to, like, show their piece because it probably didn't look that great in the lighting they had. Yeah. Because the cut for it was so bad. Yep. And, like, you can hardly even tell that it came up. Yeah. You see, like, you see it, like, at a door and you hear, like, breaking glass and stuff, but nobody's really paying attention to that because now the junkie has Allison with a exacto tour and the guy with the sniper rifle is like trying to shoot him and the doctor's breaking it up and oh we should also say too right here what happened was important was he stabs the older doctor in the chest in like Kill- the jugular or right in the jugular killing him right that's important it's super important 
Um, they go after the Bev Beast and essentially kill her. It's the hunter, the, uh, the hunter, the man, the son, and Daniel, mm-hmm. the the sheriff. And the way they lit this thing, man, was eerie as fuck with the red lighting on it. And I think it's because it's like the lights, um, like on, the, the fire the, alarm light type thing. No, it's not. It's it's just strobing. Um, what are those kind of lights called? The like. The fluorescent? Ones? Yeah. Okay. It's just those. Okay. So it's we'll, just strobing. Well, the way they do the strobe on it, because you don't get a clear look necessarily yeah. because of it, it is so effective. Yeah, it was really it cool. It is so effective, man. I I was very freaked out by the look of this design. And you see enough of it, even with that, too, to be like, whoa, this thing's, like, weird. Yeah, because, like, some of Beverly's body is, like, still, like... Parts of it, making up parts of it. Yeah, it, like it's start, very weird. It, it like starts pushing out like this flesh, like body, right? And then the guy ends up like shooting the head off of it. He shoots it with his rifle, and then they go after it with the fire axes <laughs> and chop it up, basically, in the yeah. tendrils. And then they also chop the sheriff, the old sheriff's head off, because he's got the tendrils like going through him. Yeah, which I, I'm interested in what why they did that. I mean, obviously, fear that he would come back. Oh, Prometheus was another one I had vibes from on this. Oh. <laughs> Uh, for several, several reasons. Um, yeah, that was one of them. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they, they did a pretty good job with the lighting and that's why I was so bummed with that one scene, but it's like, it's whatever you, you get like the good stuff right after that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so after this, we get some more confrontation. The other thing I should say is the hunter or fucking calm the hunter again. The father and the son are trying to kill the, or the father's trying to kill the junkie. Right. Because of the whole him being part of the cult thing. Like he was right. the guy that runs out of the house for, he's literally the first character you see is this junkie guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of like tension between them because of that. And it ultimately kind of spills out the, the father ends up like hitting Daniel in the face with his ax with the, um, the, the handle like, of it. Yeah. The handle. I was like, fuck that would hurt, man. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of that. And man, the sheriff, like, Keeps his composure the whole time. Uh, but he's and I'm like, of... you would not, dude. You'd lose your shit a couple times. Uh, yeah, and he's just such a, like... Pushover? Yeah, and a wimp. Yep. Like, when he approaches, he's like, may I approach? It's like, dude, you're a police officer. Don't... Yeah. I would. Why would you ask? That. So that seems kind of... Maybe that seems kind of insensitive with what's going on right now, but in that situation where if they're... You're supposed to kind of lead in a comforting way. That's, Not to mention, it, we have to also because that state, guy was kind of in in a way like kind of an enemy. Since well, he's like he was assaulting people. him too. He did hit him with the butt of an axe. That's, so yeah, I that's will what say I mean. that it's not like this guy was. Not, and I'm not saying this guy should have just like went up and started beating him or anything. No, no. I'm just saying that like so hard to talk about. It is hard to talk about because it's <laughs> because it's a tough subject in general. I mean, we can say yeah. that. That's fair to say. It's a very tough subject to talk about. Police brutality is a very real thing. And that's why it's hard to talk about it in a movie without leaning into things or making it sound like you're leaning into things that I, you don't actually really believe in or in, without circumstance, circumstantial reasoning behind things. I agree. At the same time, what I was mainly talking about isn't even police brutality. I know. And, but um, I'm, more so, I'm more so just... I'm in defense of you because I could see how someone <laughs> might try to take it that way. That's not at all what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not even trying to say that like, oh, there's good cops, or you yeah. know, like I'm not like stating anything like in, that. In this situation, this cop has been assaulted multiple times. He had the right to go and like get up in this dude's face if he had to. And not even that. It it's just like 
you're a police officer. You come up, you inform of what's happening and what's sure. going to happen because you are the police officer. Sure. But, I mean, like we said, he's he's very amateur like, he's, with the way he does yeah, things. Yeah, he's really docile. He, they end up pushing the remains of the Bev Beast out on a gurney and it's on fire. <laughs> no, I think it was, oh, it must have been a gurney. I, I thought it was a, a shopping cart. Oh, no, yeah, it was a gurney. I, that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was on fire and then it like falls over and, because and, they're like, what if it comes back? Right. Oops. And then the, the pregnant girl starts getting, like, she goes into, she starts, starts going into labor. Contractions. Right, right, right. And that kind of plays out for a while, like pretty yeah. much for the last three quarters of the movie. Which, it was really dumb how she's just sitting in a waiting room, and then out of nowhere, she's like, I have a pregnant girl that's about to give birth, and it's like, why wasn't she in a room if she's about to give birth? Right, totally. God, I didn't get that either. Um, they tr- they tried to kind of um, flake it in by saying, we can't move her because she's having this abdominal pain, and... It could cause her going to labor, or <laughs> it could kill the baby. Uh, yeah, it was a couple things like that, which I was like, why can't you guys just, like, gently get her onto like a gurney and move her into a room. But at the same time with everything that's happening, I they're, she, they're trying to stay in one area and that's, right. and that's where what you were kind of talking about makes it kind of hard because it's like, you're in this somewhat big hospital and you don't want to separate the people, but you also do. You have to, but there's also like not enough people to make this feel like, like the way you want it to. Right. I, it, at least that's how I felt. It just didn't quite have that effect that it, I, th- in my opinion it needed. Um, now, so the the cop does reference, he says, I have a shotgun on my tr- uh, cruiser, if we can go out and get it, which this is where he, the hunter, or, god damn it, him, the father, and the son. <laughs> I can see how you'd think a hunter, because he it's, just he looks hunting like a dude hunting, and all that stuff, especially, but, like, even with this kid. Uh, they end up going out, and the cruiser's, like, super far away at this point. <sighs> which, at the same time, once they actually get up to it, it doesn't feel like it is. It feels like the shot back from when, where it was, so it's like... yeah. How it, you guys aren't really like making this illusion real enough for me? Which to me it was like I get what you're trying to do. Why couldn't but it they just, just wasn't quite execute the car in right. the field or whatever? Yeah, because they wanted them to be able to make it back to the yeah, essentially. Although the way that all goes down in a minute is so dumb. Yeah, because they yeah. nearly don't. That guy's a terrible watch. Yeah, yeah. The dad is the terrible watcher. I mean, we can kind of get into that. So essentially, when they get to the car, the the son is to go through the trunk and get ammunition while the cop he's gets doing into his the car. job totally. right away. Cop get, <laughs> the sheriff gets into the car, unlocks the gun, gets it out, and then we see that the father is not watching out at all. He's and, yeah, and he's literally the, looking in one direction because he's looking at the forest where they're going to come out, and then so one guy is right the, behind him. The cop is like trying to get the car on the whole time or something so he could turn on the lights, and right. he does, and then that's where we get that cool sequence we right. kind of brought up before. Where it's the strobing, the red and blue, and we yeah. see him all surrounding the place. Very yeah. cool. And then there's one like behind him because this dude's a terrible watch. Yep. Uh, but they end and up the kid a- suffers for it. Right, right. He gets his hand all like cut up. Yeah. Yeah. But they still, they kill him, and they end up getting back. Yeah. Uh, the- yeah, the cop shoots him. While this has happened, uh, what was Allison? So Allison had to go get medication for the pregnant girl. Yeah. And while she's gone, we find out that the old doctor has come back and essentially kidnaps her. Right. So she's, for the most part, inactive for the rest of the movie. Yeah, kind of till like the last quarter of it or so. So then, yeah, the people end up going downstairs uh, into this like part of the building that didn't exist. It's it's the uh, the father, the son, the junkie, and the sheriff, mm-hmm. and I mean, essentially, they descend into hell. Yeah, the, um, it's the way they they view it. 
right on into heck. Well, I feel like they were also kind of just saying that because of what they were seeing. Like, part of me truly believes that's what it looked like because Dude, it of was the brutal, because of the burn. Because the guy talks about the doctor says how the patients burned the ho- the hospital. Oh, sure. And he also says that he had experimented and they weren't all right, but the they, they, his victims are still there, which is, I mean, what we're seeing when the guys. Are oh, in the absolutely. And I'm going to say right now, this sequence is terrifying and it's very reminiscent of here's the other major influence on this is Clive Barker. Yeah, because we have some like very Hellraiser dialogue later. But even um, even outside just of aesthetically, that, a lot of this looks right, pretty and, like pretty much like Hellraiser. And this like scene with these like monsters. Oh, that was the other one humans, too. Event, so, like, Event Horizon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the what, what I think of is the when they see the passages of like the hellscape. Mm-hmm. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah, where it's the people like torturing themselves and being torn up and stuff. But that's also like very Silent Hill too. True. Very especially true. with like the hospital aesthetic. The way they start this segment is fucking terrifying. Yeah. With the guy, it's a, it's essentially this body that's just banging its head against a wall, but what you see is this lead pipe that's going through the head, so it's essentially bashing its head forward through this lead pipe onto the wall. Yeah. That was a cool prop, because they Very made it cool. seem like it was actually a guy doing that, but I was like, there's no way they would have been able to get a yeah, you can't. guy to do that. Right. So it was some sort of, like, thing they were pushing and pulling, but the movement still looked very, very realistic. Real. Yep. Yeah. And uh, every, not everything, but almost everything we see in this basement area looks pretty good. There's yeah. some stuff that I'm like, you know, that they were just like, here, just do something with this. And make with, it I mean, of. with the lighting, everything looked good enough that it's dark. it was believable. But yeah. like, it's also lit enough that you get some pretty good images. There's a lot of blood. Yeah. Uh, but they, they use do, red lighting. So like, it's kind of. This is probably where I was thinking the red lighting earlier because of this scene has all the red lighting in it. Well, and then after that. Uh, around this scene, you see it throughout the other parts of the hospital as well. Sure, sure. So I remember you kind of like saying something when you first see the uh, Kim running through, and it's all like red. Right. When she goes to hide. Right, right. Right after this, they essentially kind of just escape out of this room. But it's because the hunter chases his wife, or the god damn it, the father. the father chases his wife. Yeah. Which I think we're led to believe it's the wife. It was kind of unclear. Right. It looked like some sort of demonic woman figure. Yeah. Uh, and then the son and the sheriff chase after, but they get sort of separated. Yeah, because the sheriff and the junkie are kind of left in one spot. Oh, right. And then the junkie gets like taken by this really crazy. Uh, it's like it's, a gnarly it's like monster. Those, dude. It's like those people that can like do that thing where they walk on their hands and feet and they sure. yeah, arch their back. The contortionist arched. type people. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I was gonna say while watching this, the that body work and body acting is phenomenal in this scene. Yeah, I think that was definitely someone doing that. It right? was absolutely. It was. It, if not, it was like a really great puppet. No, and it, it was. You could, if you look really closely, you can see some of the seams on the costume. Oh, okay. But it's, I mean, even then, it's beautifully done. Yeah, like I, it doesn't show it enough to where like I even noticed. We skipped a kind of a big <laughs> portion. I should get back to. I was gonna say I think we jumped pretty we did. far. So before they go downstairs, there is one thing that we need to address, and it's that the when uh, Allison initially goes missing. Uh, Daniel takes the father with him to go look for her. Yeah. And this is what ends up eventually pushing them to go downstairs. Yeah. So let's back up for a minute and then we'll jump back to where we were. So what happens back here is they go to look for Allison, uh, Daniel and the the father. Mm -hmm. And while going and looking through the hospital, they get a call from the morgue. So Daniel answers the phone and it's the old doctor. 
Yeah, it's, and it's really creepy. Yeah, and he gives this weird sort of uh, speech about how he lost his daughter, and he knows how. He, earlier, he kind of does this too when well, he's it, when he's still alive because he um, he's trying to like empathize with him in losing it because you, you find out that Daniel and Allison are married and they lost the child. They lost their child um, due to. Strangulation of the yeah, strangulation oh, right. of his uh, umbilical cord, dude. Brutal, and the way he does that speech is brutal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we kind of have that link between the two characters, and and he kind of keeps bringing it back up as a way to try to be like, you need to sympathize with me almost, mm-hmm. and understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, and this is what ends up leading them into the basement is because they're going to look for him. But while this is happening, the father finds a shoebox full of photos, which also. Uh, Reveals that the old doctor is this, like, cult leader. Yeah. And the junkie also, like, confirms that and gives information about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll skip back forward now. (laughs) The father and son are running through the hall, and they end up... Essentially, the the son finds the father in their living room. Yep. What is he saying? Something like it's... He says you should have protected them. Right, that's what he says, like, kind of over and over again. And then he ends up attacking the son. Yeah, and, like, nearly killing him, and then the... Son like burns them with a with a, a, a road flare. Road flare, right? And which he, that was really smart that he grabbed the road flares because he used like yeah. all of them, and they all came in handy. Absolutely. And one thing that they, I mean, allude to here with the, through a family photo is that there was a obviously the mother and then a, another child. Because earlier we like see a daughter. A, you yeah. also see like a small red shoe that he's like holding on to. Yeah, it like falls he, like, out keeps of his bag. Yeah. Um. So they died. We don't find out why. I'm assuming associated with something's happening here. That's what I think. I, I think that guy ended up following this dude to that house. Um, but it's interesting because then why is the dad like losing it on the son? Like it's the son's fault. Oh, because he's upset. and grieving. No, I think the son was in the sex cult huh. and got out. Uh, they damn, don't say I missed, that, but I, I think that. they don't necessarily say that, but he has that wound on his neck. And I have to wonder if maybe that was the illusion was that he was somehow connected to that. No, he was just saying, well, the thing was that he said that's what happened to him last time he trusted strangers. I could see that illusion still fitting what I'm saying, though. Yeah. At the same time, I think you keep trying to give this movie a lot more credit than what's really there. But I mean, who knows? But I'm also trying to make a connection for these characters to what's happening, because otherwise it's like, well, why did it happen to them randomly? It's just not confirmed. That's the other. That's right. the only thing. And it's, so it's like it, it. If you believe that, then like. Yeah, I can see that, but I also don't necessarily think that's like sure. the tie-in. Uh, so this all happens. They sort of get out of the fight and get along again. Yeah, which is weird. And well, it seems like it seems like he was. It seems like the place kind of possesses you or manipulates or, or can. you yeah. exactly. And so I think he was kind of like possessed and manipulated. And just full of rage, and when the kid like burned him with the the road flare, it kind of took him, brought him out of it. Because then it's not the house anymore; they're back in this like shitty burned hospital. Right, and he and he apologizes. And then this is where Dan uh, Dan finds Allison, and in probably one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen in my life. And it's kind of hard to tell what's really going on with her, but you get these kind of like mimics slash like alien vibes. Well, they're also like they're kind of fucking with with you through using Dan's perception and then also showing you real life and then Dan's perception again, because there are shots where she almost looks like she's okay. Just laying there. Well, cause I think, I think part of her body was fine, right? I thought that, but when they would do the wide shots, the top half of her body wasn't fine looking. 
It was hard to tell because it looked like she was laying down and they were like... I know, but shit pretty much starts coming out right here. And that's why I was like, oh, shit. Well, that's what I mean, though, is, like, they, they really just, like, kind of close up on, like, when she's talking. Yeah, I think... But I th- maybe you're right. I, I don't know. I think that it was him him being, like, manipulated and showing his perspective mm. and then what was really there. Oh, okay, sure. Um, because he... I mean, I don't know, dude. If you saw that... He definitely the first snaps out of it, though, because Yeah, no, starts- sure. <laughs> but if you walked into a room and saw that, you wouldn't be like, here, let me come sit with you. Even if it was your wife, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening yeah, in here? Absolutely. And that's, that's not to say I'm not compassionate. I am. But at that point I would be like, she's probably dead. Like looking at what happened to her, I would assume she was dead or that her consciousness. was. Oh, dead. I don't think that's the case at all. I think she was absolutely so alive. And that was like kind of the horrifying part of it. No, and I think she was too. And but that's I why it was harder for him to do what he had to do. Cause which was terrible. Yeah. He ends up having to kill her, but which they yeah. don't really allude to him having to, but like he chops her up. I think it's more like he's doing what, the humane thing, right? I think that's that, kind like, of what it is. Because the doctor, the old doctor, sort of has this mentality of he wants to be able to live forever. Yeah, because he lost his daughter, and so he's trying to. It seems death. like he's kind of proven that he's given himself to some ritual, sure, and becomes. Or well, I guess yeah. In a way, what I'm saying, like a god. What I'm saying is, he wants to defeat death. He thinks that that is the answer, mm-hmm. and he sort of even um, says that, like, no, this is a good thing. I'm doing this for you. Mm-hmm. Don't you want this? Basically, and it's. I mean, it's not like think about that. Being conscious and living through your body, doing that that wouldn't that wouldn't be what you want to live forever. Yeah, like that's horrible. And I think that that's like the same thing. That plays on the fears that I had in the thing. Yeah. Where they sort of like play with the idea of, do you know, do you even know? Yeah. You know? Uh, I think part of it is he's also like what the doctor ends is like saying with it too, though, is like, he's like, stop being tethered to your, like what you feel is your normal body because this is, this is how you defeat that. And that's his, that's his idea. And that's like what he's sticking with. It's like it's that kind of Clive Barker like Hellraiser bit, you know. Like, well, and that's the that's what the cosmic you know? horror about it really is too. Exactly. Is like this thing that's far beyond human understanding, right? And, and you're like, it's very weird. I mean, I love it. Yeah, it, it's my it's my favorite genre of writing or media, I should say, mm-hmm. because it makes you like think. It's very very philosophical. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we said Dan uh, kills Allison. And then all of a sudden he's in the morgue with this glowing triangle and the doctor's there. And these like bodies on these gurneys are kind of surrounding him. Yeah. And some cultists show up. There's some cultists because he gets stabbed in the back and falls over. Now before we get get into him getting stabbed in the back, we're going to cut back to what's been going on upstairs all the while. Because I think it's easier to tell the story this way than to jump back and forth the way they do. No, definitely. All the while they're in the basement, this pregnant girl is having these pains in her stomach. And they end up, uh, the, the young nurse ends up injecting her with, I believe it's like morphine yeah, to put something. her down. Um, the grandfather starts freaking out because they, she, she basically gets to the point where she believes she's going to have to give this girl a C-section or else she's going to lose the baby. Mm. And the fear for her is that she doesn't want to kill the mother doing that or, or both. Right. She's only an assistant. Like she's, right. she's, she's really just supposed to be filing paperwork. Yeah. She, she's like a teenager with a 
summer job. But I really like her character in this. Oh, I, I hated mean, her. We're going to talk about characters in a little bit, but I actually liked her. Uh, yeah, I mean, she goes to give the C-section and, and doesn't thank fucking God because I, I was so afraid they were going to show her giving a C-section and that would have just ruined me, man. Yeah, I know. I couldn't, I, and I couldn't remember if they did it or not because it's been a while since I've seen this and with what was going on, I was like, oh man, we're going to see something gross. Huh? Right. Well, I mean, and I think what we do end up get, getting is great because you don't see too much. It, but yeah. they, they give you enough, and the sound really plays into it. Later on, I mean. Definitely. So anyways, um, she doesn't get the C-section. She actually wakes up and kills her grandfather. She yeah. cuts his throat. And then she kind of just dips. She goes on down to the morgue. Yeah, which I want... Well, I guess I can kind of understand, but why didn't she go after Kim? I don't think she cared. I guess so. But why did she care to kill her grandfather then? Because uh, he would have stopped her? Yeah. I think that's what it was. Probably. Because Kim just goes and hides. Yeah. Essentially. Oh, definitely. And, uh, which works out for her. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. Uh, the only person in a horror movie ever to just hide and live. Yeah. But, uh, she goes down to the basement and she actually ends up being the one that stabs Daniel in the back. She's a part of the cult. And she's pregnant with the doctor's baby. That's right. She was the one that stabbed Daniel. I was thinking it was just one of the cult. Now, they don't elaborate Guys. on whether or not the baby is physically the doctor's or just spiritually through what's happening. <laughs> right. I'm going to assume both. Yeah, I kind of thought that, too. I'm going to assume both. Because uh, they they lay out very, like, nonchalantly that it seems like, yeah, this doctor hit this girl up. Totally. And, I mean, they do say that it was a sex cult of sorts. They say it was, like, sex and murder cult because they say that... The the junkie guy was like, yeah, he would have us have sex, and then we would, oh. he would make us watch him watch them kill people, and then he would do these things. And, right. Uh, That's right. Okay. Because I, I remembered mostly of them being go, like what like sex cults and stuff, and so like that's why. Yeah. Well, and and this movie also does something right here that I'm like, this is awesome, and I'm so glad they did this. This girl who's pregnant is like so eager to like please this this doctor. Even yeah. though she like knows that he's like this monster thing now that's come back. When I say monster. He, he's still in the shape of a man. He's anthropomorphic. Oh, yeah, but he's but a monster. He, yeah, he's like he's all uh, his skin is like all dark and like he he essentially like skinned black. himself. It's like yeah, it's he like skinned himself, but like his skin is super dark looking. He looks crazy like this kind of yeah. like grim reaper Hellraiser aesthetic sort of thing, but. This dude just has like such a good voice too. Oh with, yes. like with all his lines. Like I was pretty impressed with like the writing of what they he ends up the stuff he says. Yeah, yeah. You no, know? he says some great stuff, but I mean I will say though, it is very Clive Barker. It's <laughs> yeah. right out of Clive's book. Definitely. And I mean I think both of us even like laughed and said that while we were watching this. So <laughs> yeah. But this pregnant girl, she goes up to like eagerly like embrace him basically. And he, like, puts her his hand on her head, and she has these visions. Yeah. And they're these, like, crazy skeleton covered in red, like, almost in blood-looking images. Yeah. And she loses her shit. Like, it scares the fuck out of her. Yeah, because they're talking about her baby. I love and that. And she's probably thinking, like, oh, yeah, it's just going to be a baby. Yeah. I loved the way this happened. But, no, it's, like, this monster. Because it, it adds gravity to how gullible and, like, sort of inexperienced a person really is at a young age. Yeah. Like in their t she's supposed to be a teenager. They don't really elaborate how old I'm going to, I'd say like 17, 18, maybe I was thinking 15, 16, maybe I, maybe it's just cause this actress didn't look that young to me, but you're probably okay, right. Yeah, sure. Uh, she gets terrified and then the baby bursts out of her mm -hmm. and this, 
this I, I've said this a couple times, but this is disturbing the way they treated yeah. this because this monster walks around and still connected to her by the umbilical cord, <laughs> dragging her body around. It has like four like umbilical cords or something, and yeah, it drags the body around for a little bit. Oh my god! Not God. far though, because it ends up remaining like right in that area. But I was like, that is foul. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then this monster sort of just tries to kill, 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 kill. Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind it's. Almost a little bit disappointing how it just goes after those two guys. The, and the then son and the of, dad. That's kind of all you see of it. Which of Which that. You see a lot of it. Like this thing looks crazy. Totally. And it attacks the father. We should say he ends up succumbing to it and, and like, he covers himself, himself in, in lighter like, fluid. Yeah. The sun lights him on fire with the flare. Yeah. We uh, bring the flares back. Yep. And then he ends up getting away from the monster. And this ties into what you were saying earlier about how the wall sort of closes behind him as he gets out. Yeah, which was kind of a cheap way to, like, let him get away. Um, I agree. I think part of it, though, maybe because I think it, in the midst of that, that's where Daniel's talking to, you know, the the, the dude well, has stabbed him. Right. Well, something does happen here that I think is why this is all happening and closing up. Because, I mean, we can get into this, too. I just didn't know if you wanted to talk about this yet. But, I mean, it kind of goes back and forth in okay. the movie. So, so uh, the boy gets away, we'll just say, and he finds Kim. Yeah. And essentially they escape. I mean, well, and alluded to where that, he comes out of, it's just a flat wall. There was right. never like a staircase or anything, which I don't think that's necessarily saying that's the same entrance. And that's why what we were talking about could still work. Right. This that's was... kind of how I felt is it was a different area entirely. <laughs> right. But then because once they get into what's happening, like it kind of shifts it into this weird world because like it's a hallway that starts closing in. Sure. And he gets away. And then when he gets out, it's just like this wall in the right. hospital so so it's almost like they were in this living right space right yeah. it's it, very silent hill very silent hill. Yeah. very very true um now the re- the thing that sets off the this whole wall closing in and essentially this escape is daniel in a way gives in to the doctor by sort of jumping into this this portal into this other world but he also takes the doctor with him yeah and assumedly kills him i they it's it's that's what I mean. It's yeah, it, it's more like they're transported to another plane, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's kind of a distorted limbo or heaven because he's back with his wife, you know, Allison, and she's like normal. And they're just looking up at this huge black pyramid right like in this weird landscape. That leaves me with a lot of weird questions because yeah. it's like. Why is she there? Where is everybody else? How does this? But that's I think that's I mean, a part of the mystery, right? It's like beyond, but it's like beyond life. Yeah, that's exactly like what that guy was talking about. Beyond life and death. Yeah, it's interesting. It. That's what I mean, though. Is like I think it's a, it's like limbo or something. You know? You think it's a metaphor? Oh, probably. But I mean, <laughs> you hate that shit. I can tell. You're like, eh. no, not really. I just I don't think I'm smart enough to try and dissect what that metaphor is. But sure. I I would have to watch it again and probably like really think about what's happening. I, I, I think was, there's a lot to everything that they're saying with this movie, but me too. And I think but it's kind of hard can, to decipher everything because I think they touch on a lot of stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute because there's a couple of things that I kind of want to that it, it brought up philosophically to me that are, I thought were interesting. Sure, uh, but that I mean that's our movie. Essentially, Daniel and Allison are forever lost in the void. Yeah, do you? Did you write down any quotes? I did. I know that we said a couple <clears throat> of them um, in the in the episode. One thing that was kind of cool that he says is he's uh, he's like you'd be surprised at the things you find when you go looking. Yeah. When he's going on that whole spiel about like 
oh, like, you know, like, it's it was such a rush, like, cutting people open and stitching them back together, and so he says oh, something crazy about that. well, no, that. during that speech, he's talking about how he never, uh, he never knew how invigorating it was to be on the other end of it, and it's right. when you see that he's oh. cutting himself. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, that's, that's, that's when we were like, that, okay, Clive, yeah, yeah pretty much. exactly. Um, and he's also, and he says, I lost my daughter to the abyss, but tonight I am calling her back. Yeah, that was a good, that was a really cool He said line. some other really cool shit too. Um. That was one of my quotes actually that I had. I had one other one and it's when, um, they go out to the, the cruiser to get the shotgun. Yeah. The sheriff says, I'm keeping the fucking gun. Yeah. <laughs> when they go back. Yeah. I thought well, that was cause good. what we didn't bring up is that they made a deal. He's like, okay, well we just fought our way in. So if we go out there for that gun, it's ours. That's yeah, what right. the father says. And then he ends up keeping it, which is pretty Yeah. Funny. And he's like, I'm keeping the fucking gun. <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, all right, good for you, dude. Finally, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He was, ha- he was standing up for himself. Exactly. Uh, that is that on that, with the episode or with the movie, before <laughs> we get into our scores, there, Philosophically, this movie does bring up a couple of things to me. One, it's the fragility of life, but mm-hmm. then also the idea of spirituality and life after death, and also the concept of what even really is life and death. Yeah. And I like the way this movie portrays this because they very much so show you someone who has a who's passionately fighting for the opposite. So you have this old doctor who's passionately fighting for this beyond life existence. And yeah, immortality in right. a way. And then you also have this this sheriff who's fighting against it for life, even though life has only really disappointed him through the death of his son. Yeah. But their connection is both through the death of a child. And so I think it's interesting that this movie philosophically can show you how two people can react completely differently to the same thing. Oh, for sure. And and also, you know, using, like I said, the fragility of life as an example, but also our understanding of life and our perception of consciousness and existence yeah i I think that's this movie nailed some cool concepts with that and it made me think for sure and you know it was pretty interesting another line he kind of says uh when he's was he talking to allison or is he talking to daniel when he says uh funny how the very thing that you know tied your son to life was the thing that killed him uh like a noose i think he was talking to daniel at that point yeah maybe on the phone which was or, brutal, or, man. No, it might have been at the end part. I think it was during the end. That scene was brutal. Yeah. The way he explains that. But yeah, even using that that line is very much so on, on that philosophical thought of like life and death and, and how thin <clears throat> it really is. And and it makes me think about like when people talk about teenagers being like, Oh, you think you're uh you think you're invincible. People say that about like teenagers and stuff, but yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that I, I really had an appreciation for how true that really is until being an adult. And yeah. this movie really like plays with that idea. Sure. What are we rating it out of this week? Triangles? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking guessed it, man. All right. Well, how many triangles are you giving it? Um, I... It's hard because like before I knew what my score was. And then after watching it, I was like, eh, I don't know what my score is. And then after talking about it, I'm like, I think I give it a four. Yeah. I'll give it four triangles, uh, lit up uh, entrances to the void, if you will. Um, just because, like, a lot of the practical stuff was really good. The acting wasn't terrible, although some of the acting was kind of terrible. Sure. Um, the writing was pretty solid. I think they could have done a better job at connecting some things. Like, like I like some mystery in my movies and, and, like, trying to think of, like, what this could mean. But, like, 
I feel like they kind of put that out there too much and they needed to like connect things a little bit better and explain some more things a little bit better. Maybe I just need to watch it again and like soak it all in one more time just because this was the first time I watched it in definitely over a year. Sure. So it's been a, a grip. Um, but yeah, like it, it looked good um, and it wasn't like real cringy. No, 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 no. It, I didn't like, think it you was. know, it wasn't like real cheesy or anything. It was no. had a pretty cool uh, concept and just looked really great. And, you know, it pulls from a lot of things that I like. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give this, uh, I think I'm going to stick with my th- a three and a half. Okay. I'm going to give it a three and a half, a solid three and a half. I, I was hesitant. I almost wanted to give it a four. Yeah. I just I was, d- see, I and I almost gave it a three. I don't think it's quite a four, but I think it's a three and a okay. half. Sure. Uh, it is like, it's something I want to see more people do is this sort of cosmic horror. And I mean, you guys are going to notice through this season, I'm leaning into these types of movies, these cosmic, like philosophical horror movies. This was my pick though, since we did Mandy last week. Right. So, and so I'm actually glad you picked this movie because this wasn't on the list for me. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think these movies need kind of more, more attention for sure. They don't get enough. And it's. It's sad to me to see these people who are coming in at an indie level and making these movies that are really trying to do something that, like, these movies that inspired us uh, did. Yeah. And a lot of other people aren't doing that. I know. And and it's wild how you can make a horror movie that is still making you think, mm-hmm. like, about a very big idea. So, um... Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three and a half. I think I think it's a really good looking movie. I don't think the acting is the best, but it's not the worst. I mm-hmm. think that the practical effects are all done really well, or lit really well, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was original enough. It pulled definitely from everything that you kind of brought up, but it was original enough. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah, and uh, what's uh, what are they? What's the movie they're doing? They're working on. Right, we talked about this a little bit. So, the guys that made this are now working on, or getting ready to release a, a movie called PG Psycho Gorman. Yeah, which PG is... Psycho uh, Gorman. Yeah, yeah, it's short for Psycho Gorman. Which but. is hilarious, because the trailer, they go, PG Psycho Gorman, rated R. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, go watch the trailer, because this movie looks like it's going to be interesting. It's not going to be The Void. Yeah, Do not expect not. The Void. If you've watched The Void, don't expect it, because this looks to be a little more lighthearted, while still being kind of brutal yeah yeah exactly it's 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 a different feel for sure absolutely that is all i have to say about that movie this movie is that that on that that is the that on that where if someone wanted to say go on the internet and follow us maybe see what we post about or, or even what we're watching this week where would they maybe do that uh you know we're in a couple places yeah um we're on instagram sure uh pod. we're also on twitter i think it's the same handle same exact handle same exact handle boom uh and if someone wanted you know, to listen to us where might they listen to us zach dude you got Castbox and stitcher and spotify and google play and itunes with all of that being said make sure to tune in next week when zach goes ham on a beaver and sean goes beaver on a ham <laughs> Peace, bitches.
watching that.